kids. Jesus didn't die that young. Do you know what I mean? That's he lived true. a life. 33. Mm, is it, was what? that right? Or 34? 33. He died at 33. Huh. That's so okay. young. That's when everyone died. I feel like that like was not young for being, it being year oh, zero. Oh, definitely not at the time. Year yeah. 33, probably. Year 33. <laughs> God damn it. You're right. <laughs> this is what they're not telling I'm, us. I'm okay, godless. back to what they're not yeah. telling us. <laughs> yeah. The Jesus of it all is pretty weird. Yeah. What do you, you can't mean? Can't think too hard about the Jesus of it all. Well, he was just like a regular guy. I'm not. I'm not learning. I want to preface this by saying <laughs> I did not go to church. It's just like the Bible. Even you read it and you're like, he was just like, who wrote this? <laughs> yes, a couple of guys. Just like hey, a that's couple crazy. of guys wrote it. Can you guys imagine Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John specifically did wrote this. this. Yeah, did this podcast? No, absolutely. Um, a couple of guys <laughs> can have a podcast, and a couple of guys wrote the Bible. That's kind of the vibe. Right. The Bible. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Nico. Hey, Con. I love you. I love you. No homo. A mm, little bit of homo for me. Just a little? Just a smidge. From two guys who were never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you to ours. Welcome to boys club. This is our podcast. About boys. And about other things. Like the clubs. And the things we were a part of. Hockey. And we're not a part of. Bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? No, I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. <laughs> Connor's like, what do boys eat? <laughs> My feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Con. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Okay. I have a Dang. new boys club that I'm trying to get back in or get into, and it is Pinterest. Fine. <laughs> What's wrong with Pinterest? Nothing's wrong with it. Why are we adding social media channels? No, no, no. No, it's not social media. It's for you. This is why it's better. I think social media is like Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever. TikTok to some extent, but like especially Instagram, like I'm on there definitely because I'm like looking at other people's shit all the time and like stories and like whatever and like just like looking at nonsense essentially. But oh. Pinterest is like I'm trying to create mood boards to like figure out what kind of clothes I want to buy. That's actually really beautiful. Completely different. It's like I'm not talking to anybody. I'm spending. You know, time Jen when she does a photo shoot, she makes a mood board. Yes, and it's Jennifer beautiful. Wagley. Jen Wagley. She said she would out. do this podcast, by the way. <gasps> Yeah, she's boys. You're in for a treat if she comes yeah. on here. Yeah, turn your mics up. She talks soft. Okay, well, we turn can we can control that here. But anyway, I'm trying to get on Pinterest. Maddie has gotten me into it because Maddie's big on Pinterest, and she like made the good point that if you like are looking at like if you want a new haircut and you don't know what it looks like, or you want to buy new clothes but you don't know what to look for, especially if you're like thrifting or something, and then you go on Pinterest and you find the things you're looking for. It can help curate in your mind. Because my problem is, like, I don't even know what I'm looking for when I go shopping half the time. Yeah. And unless something really sticks out to me, I'm never, like, browsing with an idea. Yeah, I think that... It, so I want to have more ideas. That makes complete sense. And I think, yeah, it's hard. I think the same thing with apartment searches and clothes. Yeah. If you walk into a place and you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm looking for, but then you're going to be, like, a daisy in the hurricane. Yeah. And it's you're just going to be kind of swayed any which way. Yeah. Because I wanted to buy jeans. I wanted jeans. And then I went into Zara and they had $45 jeans, which are like, that's cheap for jeans. And then I was like, yes, but like, is this what I want? Am I just like buying the first thing that I see? Well, you should try Madewell men's. Really? Yeah, there's one in Bedford. There's a Madewell? Oh, there is one Just Madewell men's. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I got that. You know that blue jacket I have? This is from this bracelet is from Madewell Men's. Oh yeah, you know I that blue know. the blue jacket I have? Uh-huh. That's from Madewell, and I have a pair of jeans from there that I love. So anyway, boys, use Boys Club for twenty five dollars. <laughs> Madewell Men's <laughs> someday maybe. Um, but I'm trying to be on Pinterest because I think it's like I think it actually would be a healthier way to be on my phone if I'm no, already going to be on my phone. I think the first step is to try to like get off of certain apps and then get off the phone fully. I was yeah. just thinking about this last night. I got an iPhone when I was sixteen. I'll be 26 in a couple months. That's almost a decade. Cut, I'm cutting that part. 
that I'll be 26 in a couple months. Yeah. Okay. I. But if you're dyslexic, then 29. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> this nun, when I was a child, explained dyslexia to me, and she's like, "So dyslexia, it's like if it's like they see the world differently, and like if you see someone say God, they're seeing dog." Because those letters are like flipped. I don't think. I th- isn't it just misordered? I don't know. Is it flipped around every which way? I think like God. I have no idea. But she, her name was Sister Kathleen, and she is dead. So like, <laughs> I don't know. She got the last laugh. Okay, boys. If you know anything about dyslexia, write into the pod. Um, My brother has it. Okay. Does he know which one? Um, the younger sees the world differently, and Good like, for him. like a little, like he sees D's as B's, like a little twisted. Okay. I sometimes think I have number dyslexia because if there's a lot of shirts in there, I just can't. I Wait, can't. I think that too because I used to work at a grocery store and sometimes we give the change back. And if it was like 11, 17, I'd give like 71, 11 and like, or like any variation. Yeah, of the that's numbers. a little bit. <laughs> I would just like see the numbers in any order that my brain yeah. would look, choose. That's, I didn't know number dyslexia was a thing until now. I mean, I, I'm definitely self-diagnosing, but I don't know. Maybe it isn't. And that's where we have to fix healthcare. Anyway, go on. I cut you off majorly. Well, I was just thinking about the fact that I've been... I've had a smartphone, an iPhone, for almost a decade now, and that feel like I'm just like I can't believe I've like been attached to this thing for a decade, and it's I just know. getting worse and worse and worse. So I'm trying to get myself off of it entirely, but I think the first step in that is fixing is like getting off of certain apps because obviously I'm spending most of my time on Instagram. So I, I think creatively, I I'm not like this. Ultimately, is a creative podcast, mm-hmm. and I think creatively, the phone is really bad for us Mm -hmm. i think that it is a place to put our brain i think that there's no output from the brain when we're on instagram or twitter it's just like stimulant with no reward like there's nothing it's just like it's just stimulating but it's not giving you like it doesn't make you feel better it doesn't make you think about anything that's why like pinterest it's like i mean you could use pinterest any number of ways but like you can curate recipes or like you know aesthetic or hairstyle and it's just like it has like a more like a purpose that feels more, I don't know, grounded in some sort of reality that could be meaningful. You know, like yeah. cultivating a personal style or yeah. thinking about what your hair wants to look like. I, people are talking about these dopamine cuts or whatever, dopamine. Deficits or whatever dopamine, it is. Yes. Yeah. And I do think if I'm listening to music, I'm not being productive. If I'm listening to music, I'm not writing. And the phone is like, oh, uh, Instagram, whatever, is like a an amplified version of all of that. Yeah. The brain, and this is probably different for everyone, to write or create, I think actually needs literally like no stimulant. Like, yeah, I found recently that like certain like white noise, brown noise, or like um, uh, like rain sounds or something yeah. can be good for me. Yeah, but I have to lock my phone in a trunk. <gasps> like I have like a, have a I have a little trunk next to my desk. I put my phone in there because my printer's on top of it too. So it's like there's a lot of like work that it takes to like get in there because for a while i was locking it in the closet but the like the broom closet but the closet's on the way to the kitchen so every time i refill my water i'd be like might as well check the phone i love that you have your closets have names like broom closet well i mean isn't i feel like that's that's a broom closet right there no it has my away suitcase it's my away suitcase (laughs) okay that's the away suitcase and the unpacked bag from a couple weeks ago I'm wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> but anyway, um, but like I have to literally like I have to put so many barriers between me and this fucking phone for me to not be on it. Yes. It's embarrassing. Like I feel so stupid that I can't. But I know I'm addicted to it. No, like, it's an no, addiction. And no I'm going to use two it. words that are going to be scary. It's become your higher power. And just as I had to quit SoulCycle 21 days ago, 23 days ago. So I have a question about this higher power. Yes. Because you've, you've mentioned that before. In well, I'm sober. 
Go on. <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned that before in terms of um, of Soul Cycle. Yes. And I guess, can you elaborate on what you mean by higher power? Okay, I never did the 12 steps, but one time I went to an AA meeting and we all do share outs. And then I said, so I've never done the 12 steps. And then everyone laughed. And like <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm crushing here. And <laughs> my understanding of the higher power is that it is, it becomes your God. It becomes this thing that you make decisions based off of. Like when I think about alcohol, soul cycle, and that guy I saw once, I yeah. think that those, all the three of those things became this, they directed every decision that I made in this crazy way. Okay. So I don't think I would necessarily say my phone is a higher power. I think my phone's definitely, like, I'm not basing decisions off the phone. I mean, yeah. I am having to, like, restrict myself with this phone in a way that I guess is decision based. But yeah. I would say more so for me, I would think, like, productivity. Totally and like work with it, yeah. is my higher power probably like, like there's that's a reason something i need to shower. negotiate my relationship with the artist way talks about it describes activities like the shower where they are just like creative because your brain is at rest and i think it's like okay well we only shower four hours a day whatever 20 <laughs> minutes a day so like how can we create things like that throughout the day yeah that are like low lift brain things and then you can actually like even on the subway, like we're always listening to music, listening to a podcast, taking information, mm-hmm. waiting to get to the next stop so I can check Twitter so I can feel safe. Like it's, yeah, I'm not even on Twitter. Like it's what are constant. we doing? That's why I've tried constant. to start. I like when I was commuting for work in like the, you know, when school's in season, um, I would, I read on the train now because I like, I can't, you're so like, and I've stopped. I used to like first thing in the morning, I'd get up and I'd put my headphones in and I'd start listening to a podcast like almost immediately when I'm up and it's like. Maybe just take the first like 15 minutes of the day to have absolutely nothing happening. Yeah. Just wash your face and brush your teeth to silence. Um, so my boys club is, I'll make it really fast. My boys club is that club that we were at last night. Is <laughs> I went to when I was 20 years old because they would let underage people in if they gave them a bunch of money. And then, so then we it was won't just name like, it. We won't name it. It was just like a bunch of like 16 year olds, but I was 20. And then it, this was back when like not to age myself, but no, but to age myself. When because I have a lot of wisdom, and is when um they were like had a photographer at the club, and then the photographer would post up an album like every Monday of like the events from the weekend. So it's like the event was a bunch of underage kids drinking in Chelsea. And, <laughs> so then and I was like working as a personal assistant at the time. So like on Monday I'd be like running around trading out soda stream bottles at Bed Bath and Beyond, which has since closed. And I then I got tagged in this photo. R.I.P. Beyond. R.I.P. They tagged you. Every no, this girl named Ruth did. Oh. This girl named Ruth tagged me. Ruth. Who was there? Fucking Ruth, who I think now like like for a second lived in LA and now she lives in like Montana. And honestly jealous of that. And she but Ruth, she like tagged us in the photos. And it's like, first off, I'm holding a beer, I'm underage. Second off, I'm in the middle of a relapse. I don't need a picture of me holding a beer. I'm trying to hold up this lie to myself and the world that I'm sober. And so it was like this whole thing. Wow. And yeah. To tag somebody in a nightclub photo is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. That is just absolutely like ruthless <laughs> it was really insane and i think that this is before i might be wrong i think this is before facebook had that option to be like approve or not approve photos that you were tagged in yes that is nice when they introduced that feature because so you yeah. don't always want the tagged photos on there i um i'm trying to remember if i've ever had like a nightclub photo like that or anything like that but re- come I on have ev- to find the photo come on the, everybody still does that sometimes Here's the thing. Like, and it's like, why are you putting people on blast with their makeout photos that come on everybody? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's also like, I mean, obviously, you know, queer 
stuff has, I don't know, we've come a long You're way. You're putting me on blast because like, I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah. But also it's like, maybe people don't necessarily want like a picture no, of totally. them making out. What if you're a bad kisser? Or like, what if you're like not out to certain people or like, that's just like not your, like you don't, like, or you're maybe you're smooching somebody you're not supposed to. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's like putting people on blast. Yeah. There just needs to be an approval process. Also, I think when Jesse Ballard posts an album or carousel, I think that like everyone in those pictures should have to approve them. Dude, there's nothing worse than when a friend posts a carousel and you're not in it and you're like, what the fuck? How did I not make the cut? 10 photos. I'm not in this. Wait, totally valid. But like, it's worse if you are in it and you look like Pat Benatar hosting a seventh grade <laughs> birthday party. Not Pat Benatar. Did you see me in the photo that she posted? No. And I was like, well, can you post like a hot one so people know that like I am still cute? Like, this, this was like, I didn't look good in that photo and I like really was sad about it. But then I just like had to kind of pick myself up and keep going because I'm like, I'm a writer. Yeah. I would say probably 90% of the photos I've taken of you are probably gorgeous. Seriously, and maybe 10% are, are taken when you're like, sneezing or something or not looking that's very normal turn the podcast there's off. more people take there's more pictures taken of us that need to be all of us generally totally especially us being on stage getting photos taken of us all the time on stage and stuff like yeah. that so of course we're always like nitpicking them but like, you looked amazing last night thank you you looked amazing last thank night thank you i didn't like you looked amazing thank you i was like i'm gonna show his jaw to my person <laughs> thank you um, they took one photo of me and I looked rather stern in it. Here's the thing. because I was. Didn't, I think that's great. Oh, I think yeah. that's amazing. Commanding. What, do you want to look goofy? Well, the people in the front row were fully, as soon as the show started, eating a whole thing of nachos. And I was like. Dude, eating is a private activity. <laughs> I made it weird. <laughs> it's so weird to eat in public. It's today. always weird to me when they serve food at comedy clubs because it's like, are they going to choke? Like yeah. if they start to laugh or something. And then it's like, I don't want people like muffling, like, you know, spitting out olives from their fucking nachos. I don't know if this makes sense. Every time I go to Nighthawk where like people get chicken sandwiches. At the movies? Yes. I'm like, this is a three hour movie. Like, are you going to eat the whole time? Like, yeah. Once you start, it's hard to stop. Like, I'm, is <laughs> I'm very, com- I'm very comfortable with the movie theater um like snack choices that have been kind of in the movie theater canon for you know the yeah. popcorns sodas can that feels right to me yeah and i think it doesn't need to go beyond that like i'm with you sometimes and it's like i don't i don't need a blt <laughs> And then the people movie. that are, this is really dark. We might have to cut this. That are servers at those. I think that's amazing. I'm just like, how does it stack up against a regular restaurant? These movies are long and there aren't that many people Who here. did we talk to who did that? I talked to somebody recently who's done that and they were like, it's honestly really stressful because you're trying not to interrupt the movie. Yeah. And you're like having to duck down. It's also dark in there. There's steps. You're holding so much food. It's like a comedy club in that they do check spots. Like, and then you know the movie's about to wrap I was, up. I was they second to last last night. I was nervous they put me at the check spot. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, no. no. I don't think that was the check spot. I don't think there were any check spots, to be honest. No, 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 no. They kind of were just doing that whenever they wanted. Um, Should we bring our guest in? Yes. Boys, our guest this week is a dear friend of the pod. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a comedian. He also is making his directorial debut next week uh, with the film he's directing, and there will be many more after that. Boys, we are so thrilled to have him on the pod. Please welcome Jeremy Pinson. Hi. What's up? How are you? I'm okay. Good. It's so nice to talk. Wait, we've, we've, it's been a really long time since we had a man on the pod. Wow. I'm really? Honored. I, I guess feel like so. It has. Yeah. Let's see. We had, yeah, I guess it has. Wow. Uh, I'm really representing. For yeah, you're representing. For the he hymns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Thank said God. more boys on yeah. Boys Club. <laughs> Jeremy is one of our oldest friends, not to brag to people at home, but we went um, with him to Louisiana. Yeah, yeah we did we travel with Jeremy. We have traveled together. Yeah, we've, was, uh, we've gone to the bayou and back. We have, and we survived. So yeah. We and he brought I, liquid concealer, and we all looked stunning in every yeah, photo that was taken. We did. <laughs> and we would look, we would have looked stunning anyway. Yeah, speaking um, of hot photos, all of us in our tuxes with tails. We looked yeah. From the front 
front only. Don't want to see those from the back ever again. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were wrinkly as hell. <laughs> okay, for the boys at home, we maybe have talked about this a while. It was a while ago. It was, in, it was around Mardi Gras, the three of us among others. A lot others. of the listeners since then have died. <laughs> <laughs> we got new ones. <laughs> um, the boys at home maybe remember. We went to Mardi Gras, and we, uh, we had to wear tuxes with tails because it was a white tie event. And it was like a one-size-fits-all tux that had some like weird straps that you could kind of adjust. We sort of got measured for like them. Like a cummerbund. Right. We got very haphazardly measured. Yeah. And it was like kind of the most Joseph fit. A. Banks. <laughs> <laughs> like a locally owned Joseph uh, A. Banks. I would say like a local Joseph With A. Banks. With a man yeah. who like actually hated us. But he was maybe gay. He was also maybe gay. But like it felt like there was a little bit of like internalized. Yes. <laughs> no he was gay like, people I will be, but keep, he was like, hush, please. <laughs> yeah. Like this is I a think store. he was also like, I didn't want to be kind of confused with my own complacency in the middle of the day at work. Like, <laughs> I didn't want that. And that's true. And we also were taking up an outsized amount of like attention and space in this like tiny, Michael Aber was tiny there. <laughs> Michael Aber was there. I needed extra attention because <laughs> yeah. his did not have the right tailoring. So like that was a whole to do. Yeah. Um, but we had these anyway. So the tuxes they were looked. I thought they looked very sharp from the front. I thought we looked nice from the front, like very fun. But the way that the tails went in the back, like mine went down to like almost my shoes, like almost mid calf. Like I <laughs> looked they, so fucked did up. Did you have the same ones that like John? Hedrick hat. I mean, probably. We all like, have the same ones, and like that one size fits all is a fallacy. Yeah, like it's <laughs> like come on, it got religious. Like, it's a fallacy. It mm. is. It was absolutely not not a one size fits all. And like the pants were a little bit baggy. Like they had the yeah. straps at the waist to like tighten them, but like then the legs were just they like, were supposed yeah. to be adjustable, and they just kind of weren't. Or like, and it was really hard to adjust them. Yeah, like it did not go on. You easy. want it to be like I just want to do my legs are really good, but you can't tell right now because <laughs> they're like baggy. They're like drapes. Yeah. You were like all wearing drapes yes and like thank god everybody had to be in that so it wasn't like anybody could really be going above and beyond but also no. it to, to do with the one size fits all like you should have seen the rest of the all that was there <laughs> like yeah. it was not there was, was a, a lot, lot of like very tall like, large cis men big, that were just like yeah boys. <laughs> big boys big louisiana Talk about boys. A boys club yeah. like the louisiana <laughs> like uh, white collar mm-hmm. uh, crowd is mm-hmm. certainly one that and I, I felt like we really uh stood out in that crowd For in sure. a beautiful way like they knew us we were these events. we were the only ones dancing at the at the big party the big there fet. yeah when Jesse and Michael were out on the dance floor, I was like, yeah, we're making our spells. Yeah. Yeah. Were those we're at the front table. Girls. Were those forest girls. Four tables, one and two. Thank you very yeah. much. I asked those we girls were. if they liked Trump. <laughs> so you girls like Trump or what? Honestly, like, from Wake Forest, you do have to ask. Yeah. You do have to ask. <laughs> These girls did not like Trump. Wow. And now I think they live in New York. Wait, wow, some beautiful. of them were at Little Boy Evil. Yes, yes. I think like um, Sam's sister's like whole college friend group like lives here now. Yeah. Was Our the girls. one in that gorgeous pink jumpsuit, did she move here? I don't know, but I think about her every day. What happened to our little guy? <laughs> our little gay boy who was every day. <laughs> who actually had never ironed in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening, <laughs> we love you. We love you. We love you. And, and my love goes out to you every day. <laughs> Wait, do you do think, think that about he moved him. here? Here's the thing. Wait, do you think he's here now? I think that he's in like Minneapolis. I fear or like I, Chicago. Yeah, I fear he wasn't. He seemed to me like maybe like yeah, like a Charlotte, a mini, like something. Yeah, he wasn't like maybe gonna take Raleigh that. Durham. He yeah. wanted to go to the gay bar, and it's like you don't have to do this. You don't <laughs> yeah, have to do but, this. But also, like if you are a college hotel student, is a gay bar. 
Knowing what that school is like, I'm sure he's only gone to a couple local bars yeah. and mostly frat parties for the last four years, for which sure. are not gay at all. Like, there's no gay people awake. It's very, like, it's not, it's non-existent. That's I, why I had to mm. hook up with that guy that owned the coffee shop. Exactly. Phil. You got to find other people. Ew. And so I don't know what his experience has been like or if it's adjusted at all since I was there, but I can imagine him leaving and be like, oh my God, there's other gay people here. We have to go to a gay bar. And so I'm sure like, he was That's what like, y'all uh, do. Like, that's yeah. like And I feel bad night, that right? we were like, our, we're a walking gay bar right now. So we were like, to do that. we live in New York. <laughs> Yeah. He lives in LA. We We're not going to a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if we talk about Sam's hot cousin, do we have to cut it or what? No. So we should. No, we I think we it. should talk about it. We have to talk about. It. I feel like we also <laughs> had. We all like had like such a different journey with Sam's hot cousin. Well, I've had like a years long journey with Sam's hot cousin. Like I've actually known this man for like multiple, like six years. Okay, wait. So I want to see how we all though. So to just give some background to the boys at home, we got to New Orleans. Sam's two cousins were there, a boy and a girl. Um, both seemed very a brother, cool. Sister, a brother, if sister, will. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they both seemed very cool. The guy had like, he was around, they were both around our age. The guy had like an earring on and he told us he worked in music in LA and that's all I knew about him. And I was like, okay, this guy's cool. We find out later that he's gay. He, is, he reminded me of Chris Cuomo. Go on. Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> he made me think Chris Cuomo he was probably gay. Absolutely could have been a Cuomo. So no doubt. I think that sure. is honestly confirmation that Chris Cuomo is probably gay because people with vibes that are the same are both gay. Yeah, Chris Cuomo definitely. is definitely. Is he the one with his nipples pierced? Did he get in trouble? Is that a thing? They kind of all did. Yeah, they all kind of went down together. They all oh, did. Yeah. yeah. I, was th- I thought you said they all got their nipples pierced <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of all did. Okay. I don't know. Let's Google his nipples after this. Yeah. yeah there was, maybe that was like a trick of the light or like a Freudian. <laughs> A <laughs> <laughs> trick of the light on CNN. Yeah. Um, so this, anyway, so as soon as it was, I feel like for me at least, as soon as we found out that the cousin was gay, the dynamic shifted. <laughs> that there was like just this kind of general knowledge amongst the group. Okay, there's a there's an eligible gay man in it's our It's like midst. in Shutter Island where they're like, this island's haunted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it's a figment of your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> this has more to do with him than yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I feel like it's like, it was basically a family vacation. Like nobody within the trip, aside from me and Maddie, who are already seeing each other, was gonna like hook up with each other. So it's like, like who, we have a new, we have there's, there's a, a new there's bachelor a in the villa. Like, <laughs> is the girl being? Oh wait, no, never mind. Go on. But anyway, so th- I think that's all the background. I think that's all, that, that's yeah. to cut everybody up to speed. So well, it's funny. It was funny watching you guys have this revelation because because you already knew. <laughs> <laughs> I've known for years. So you've known this guy for years. I've known this guy for years, and I remember being like, "Oh my god, I've had such a crush on him." Yeah. For so long, and like it never, it's never come to pass. It's come Is it to okay? Because we're not going to cut this in the podcast. It's whatever. No, it's, I think it's fine. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> no, it's like here's the thing. The one that like. <laughs> How you can, how are you going to co-sign if you never put it on the line? Yes. I don't know what Muna says, but it's not that, but it's something <laughs> no, like that. It. Go on. Um, no, I was going to say, but like, it's never come to pass. I've made my peace. He's a he's a beautiful, wonderful man that like we're meant to run into each other every like three years at an event that we're very well dressed at. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the temptation's always going to be there, and it's never going to happen. Oh my happen. God. We're going to see him at Sam's wedding. You already know. Yeah. Like, we'll oh, see him again. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Damn. For sure. <laughs> but watching you all have that revelation and that like... Uh, yeah, it was like a it was like a veil that yeah. settled gently um, in some nice tails. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that was funny. That is funny. I thought he was straight for the first twenty two hours of knowing him, knowing him sure. intimately. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> but it is crazy. The moment I found well, out he was gay, I was like, so I guess I'm by coastal well, now. Well, let's be honest, Connor. We were <laughs> both of us were messaging messaging each other on Grindr. We have to cut <laughs> that. We have to cut that part. And being like the only ones here What's are us and the cousin. <laughs> no, Grindr literally was me, you, Michael, Abra, the cousin, and a couple of really scary, really guys. scary people. Really yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. D- the words DL were thrown around a lot. Oh yeah. Girls, check on your husbands. <laughs> 
Check on your husbands. <laughs> if wow. your husbands are quote going to Mardi Gras, so DL means me means I'm not out. Means mm-hmm. on the down, down low. low. Okay. Okay. Wow. So like yeah. a, a hotel which is cool. room hookup. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah everybody's your, set working yeah, at yeah. their own pace. I For guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like it was. I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, listen. At the end of the day, it is a primarily a sex app. So like, if you're on there consensually, hey, each their own. Yeah. It is primarily a sex app. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying what it is. It's I not like it was it on for Hinge. networking one time, <laughs> and it actually didn't work out. Let me say this: it's primarily nice. a networking app. Secondary, it's a sex app. <laughs> it's like LinkedIn. It's That's just fair. Like LinkedIn. Yeah, it's a sexy LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. But we all had a different journey with him. Like at one point, I was in his hotel room getting Adderall from him, which I was totally prepared to take. <laughs> and it's really it's humbling to realize that your sobriety is you're always like kind of one hot cousin away from a big relapse. <laughs> and then I didn't take it because you I was kept like, it in your mouth, didn't you? Like, oh, didn't you? I like put it in my mouth and you I took it out. You still have it, don't you? It's probably literally... It's I've like never a got cyanide pill in your tooth. It's called in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to bite down on this Adderall anytime. <laughs> like, oh my God. I wonder if it even like still is like, okay. Like, do you think it's fine? It's like denatured. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's uh, got your saliva on it now. It's like, maybe it's decomposing. No, I think it melted. I don't know. I was like crazy that we'll both be up all night. Anyway, <laughs> you kids are on Adderall. Me because I'm anxious. Hunter's <laughs> chugging Celsius. Why are you doing that? Yeah. He's on Adderall. I have to do something. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. We were like alone in this hotel room and he's like, here's drugs. And then I was, I was in that moment, my story, my sobriety just melted away. And I was, I was someone else. It was beautiful. I was going to say that is sort of beautiful. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Cause I remember being on the escalator when he offered it and you said, y'all have some. And I was like, (laughs) am I watching something go down? I was like, I have to keep an eye on you. <laughs> That's that, so fun. that was a really fun trip, though. We've got to go back. We had the best time. We did. We've got another return. one. Yeah, another one. Another back one to Mardi Gras. We can like dress up or something. Yeah, that maybe was... Mardi Gras. Maybe not. Like, yeah, I don't know. I would. I would go anywhere. We, we can, can do like... something else. Yeah. Yeah. I felt. What I will say is, wearing a tux, I felt very creatively stifled. Yeah, it was like, hard to dress that up. Yes, and I'm like, oh, I want to like. Did you feel kind of hot on suit day? Of course, yeah. Like oh, that day, that day was really fun. That day was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. 10 degrees warmer would have been perfect, but it was really fun. Totally. Yeah, yeah that totally. day I feel like we had a little bit of creative freedom in our looks. Oh, that's yeah. the day Issa lost her phone. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the girl cousin lost her phone. Right. Uh, there was a couple phones. Because the girl cousin was crying. <laughs> that's right. I was trying to remember. I was like, that's something right. happened on suit day that was kind of a problem. Well, so Issa handled lost. that was truly such great. I was honestly impressed. I yeah. would have been a fucking nightmare, yeah. I think. I don't think I would have made it everybody else's problem, but I wouldn't have been around. No doubt. Yeah. Like, I would have been would've... like scouring. I would have been like, you guys go. Yeah. You guys go. I'm, I'm going to hang mo- back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My thing with Louisiana is I really do <laughs> love it. I just, I think I would love it, like, even not during Mardi Gras. <laughs> if it were like Located in Brooklyn and walkable, yeah, like it's fun to go to a new state with your family, but mm-hmm. it's also like we've never been to Borum Hill together. You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, what would like, that be like? Let's sit in Fort Greene for an hour. Before yeah, we do this. Yeah, Which, let's sit in Fort Greene for an hour. Honestly, so now we're gonna talk. Are you still I am seeing that guy. So you're dating yeah. someone in Fort Greene? Yeah, he lives in Clinton Hill, and we walked to Fort Greene a lot. You're living Connor's so. dream right now. Yeah. So Let like, me tell you, there's enough, like, there's a lot of, like, people in this situation. Like, there's there's someone out there for you. In, okay, in so I just there's need two of them Hill. to undo it. There's a man it. in Clinton Hill. Maybe yeah. you need to move your search from Fort Greene to Clinton Hill. Just the proximity, the proximity, you can walk down there. Bro, for sure. Every yes. time I go to Fort Greene Park, which is a lot, I open up Grinder just to be like, I'm here. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm making my mark. Yeah, <laughs> not I'm even to look, mark. just to be watched. Yeah, yeah, and you deserve it. Fort Greene is a perfect place for it. It's hilly. You get a good view of like the. the oh, people. it's beautiful. I love it. It is really hilly. I love. I do like Lynn Hill. Olivia Wilde lived there for a minute. 
No, she doesn't. Doesn't matter. Damn. Bye, what Olivia Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> if I lived in Fort Greene, would that be hard for you because of the podcast? It's actually off the G. It's off the G, so it's it might be actually yeah. easier. Yeah. You know, I got my bike. I'm good to go. Yeah, that's how yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, wait, we were, we were talking about before. Oh, yes. Do you um have you ever been on Pinterest? Do you like Pinterest? Any Pinterest, thoughts? I was, it was funny you guys were mentioning that. I'm actually not a Pinterest person, but I've okay. You know why? It's because that fucking damn paywall. Every time I'm trying to click on a Pinterest, oh, it's you're like. Right. I want to. I'm like hot boy Pinterest or like cute outfit Pinterest. It's like I think you just need to make an account. Make, I don't do no, that. you're right about downloading the app though. That's why I can never read the Yelp reviews because they're like I'm gonna read oh, this. I've never. I know <laughs> it's like I'm. And, and this is what's funny. As you're saying this, I'm like I've downloaded the app and I've made the account through my Facebook or whatever. Right. Not that hard to be honest. Okay. But I'm the same. But <laughs> but but I'm also I'm never downloading Yelp. We're I'm not just doing like, no. I'm just like I'm, I'm novel. I'll never I'm know. Spread my I'll opinions never through ga- grassroots smear campaigns. I literally won't. I literally won't eat it. A restaurant if i can't get the menu other than yelp i'm like sorry i guess i'm not eating there <laughs> yeah, i guess no. i'll never know that is crazy but it's funny because on the desktop no problem yeah true just the phone. it's interesting reddit just the is phone. the same way it's reddit the same way i see i'm a redditor love i hate to say reddit. it i love reddit I hate to show my incel no, what dude, do you read on reddit. With reddit oh my god um i've been really into r slash what is this bug and r slash this is crazy this is cut this um r slash weevil time it's this really cute bug called a weevil and do you want like us a to long cut nose do no we... i don't care i'm like exposing <laughs> myself to these people Wait, no that's awesome. uh, yeah and like r slash what is this plant i feel like my plant identification skills have really improved wait that's awesome yeah. i think reddit and pinterest are great because it's like no, that's where you, you need to be on there we need to be on there learning things we don't need to be yes. on there just scrolling like, seeing our friends doing whatever said that he loved Fragrance oh, Reddit. Moss. Moss. Yeah. And Reddit. then. And Maddie Wiener is on Rabbit Reddit. And was. That's amazing. Maddie Wiener. Did Maddie Wiener say they liked the ones where they reassemble keyboards? Yes. Okay, there's another one called r slash Nolling. And Nolling is K N O L L I N G. You know, um, in my head, the, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for the, for the <laughs> in my head, it was G N O L. Yeah. Which it very. It like a gnome. Been. Yeah, like a gnome. Oh my God, I bet there's gnome Reddit. Gotta oh, get on definitely. That. I'm Gotta on r slash. I'm also on r slash humanoid encounters. Yes. Is Which that is, an alien? Um. Okay. So yes, there's and, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and there's much more than just aliens. There's like a bunch of spooky shit. You've kind of said that about the ocean, like yetis, the ocean. And stuff. like yetis and stuff. Okay, yeah, like Bigfoot man. I'm not going to be present for the rest of the podcast. Just <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> the scene. Always waiting to get on on Reddit. <laughs> there's so much we no, can't know. That's my. That's, and that's what okay. I think. And I've and I've always said that Connor, I feel very seen by you. I think that we see the world in very similar ways, <laughs> in, <laughs> including <laughs> that we believe in like cryptids. Or like fake things. Oh, there's definitely like crazy. I, I'm fully open to the fact that there are other types of beings. Yeah, uh, like somewhere. I think our conception of life is so limited. Definitely, definitely. You know, we um, are like holding on to this like linear view of the world, tooth and nail. We are we are tight gripping it. What's that word? White knuckling. We are white knuckling. <laughs> and it's like. I don't know that that's how the world is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also not to be this like, they're not telling us stuff kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. but like, I mean, they're okay. probably not telling us well, a lot of stuff. Like, especially not. just the way yes. that like the government is able to talk about anything in such black and white and limited terms. And like, that's where we're getting our information yeah. from and like school and stuff like that. Just last week, we talked on the podcast about how we thought Australia was the seventh continent and all this time it's been Oce- uh, Oceania. Oceania. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. like, 
If that's if we are, if one of the seven continents has been wrong, this to, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, please. There's definitely humans. There's definitely aliens. Yeah, there's definitely. Some I mean, they finally shit. fucking said. Well, they were like, we can't disclose. We don't know. We and don't. That's <laughs> as good as we're gonna get. <laughs> and I wish that they would be more open about the times when they just don't know shit because I feel like yes. so often they just like don't say anything because they don't know and it's like, bro, but it's that's fine really if you don't scary. Know. Like that to me was really a frightening part of COVID was this realization that. We don't know, and the center Nobody cannot hold. Knows. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, being an adult, you're like, so another one of me is just like doing these other jobs, and like, yeah, yes. I, there's probably people who are like way smarter than me at like a lot of things that are very capable, but like, most people I, you no, meet, there's some idiots working at Area 51. Oh, 100. You know what I mean? In our government is yes. riddled with idiots. Please. I, I worked on mostly. a presidential campaign, and there were kind of a lot of idiots there. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think that like the smartest, brightest people are not the ones like getting proximity to power. Does no, that make sense? definitely, and not going to politics. Also, yeah. one time I got laid off from this company that was like grew really fast and was like really kind of like Whoa. a big deal at the time. And I was like, "What do you mean you overhired your?" You founded this company. You're amazing. Like, how could you right. fuck up so bad? Yeah, Peter Ray Hall <laughs> sold <laughs> name, this company. Put him on yeah, name him. He gave me a hug when when I got laid off. But I do think that he was kind oh. of like a deeply broken man. Oh my gosh! Wait, really quick aside to wrap up our women's World Cup coverage on the podcast. <laughs> Spain won one zero over England in the final, and there's been a lot of drama about Spain. I think I talked about it maybe last week. Oh, maybe on my close friend story. Two different, two mm. the only two places I'm being raw on this podcast <laughs> and my close friend's story. But um, Spain, <laughs> Spain, um, there's been a lot Did of drama out. with them very quickly because their coach kind of sucks and they've been getting a lot of misogynistic treatment from the Spanish Soccer Federation, mm. which is pretty common for a lot of women's teams across the globe, including the U.S., but Spain's is pretty bad. That's a call to action. Go it on. is a call to action. And when Spain won, you know, when they do the award ceremony at the end, you know, they're going through the, the, the players go through the line, they get their medal and they get to like see the trophy and they get to shake the hands of like the FIFA president the president of their soccer federation and some other folks and whatever. Yeah. The president of the Spanish soccer federation is some guy, and he kissed one of the players on the mouth Whoa. during this ceremony. Whoa. Stop doing that. What? Like there, are a lot of them are getting like hugs, high fives, handshakes, whatever. And only, then, only it's here's the thing. Also, do all oh. of them or none? Don't none. None. <laughs> do do none. none. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what none. you mean. It's like weird <laughs> yeah. to do just one, but it's also it'd be worse to do all. I think actually. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Just I like don't love that. So blowing the whistle on that. Yeah, fuck red that. card, Ooh. big red card, mm-hmm. big red card moment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, That's the next one soccer reference, like, <laughs> and it was correct. It was absolutely <laughs> yes. correct. That's was a it big a red card. Like Beckham one? No, it wasn't even that. Just a red card. Oh, it was just a yeah. red card. But the anyway, we talk thinking about, about that guy FIFA. hugging you made me think of that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you Peter. can also tell when someone hugs you and they are broken inside. Yeah, <laughs> like he <laughs> was really hot. It's like why did you? Yeah, like he got married. Yeah, his marriage had a lot of questions around it. Like he said something weird about her. Just like, well, who cares? Anyway, I signed an NDA, brag and. <laughs> but I next time we talk about the World Cup, it's in four, years. four years. Oh my years. god! And I'll be like, shh, to the baby. <laughs> That'll be so fun. I'll be like, well, in four if years. You we'll... have a baby in four years. <laughs> we came into a no. lot of money. In four years, <laughs> we'll true. all be. In four years, we'll all be twenty six. Yeah, and we'll all be. <laughs> we'll be college grads. Yeah, we'll all be college grads. <laughs> no offense, young, but like college grads. Jesus didn't die that young. Do you know what I mean? That's he lived true. a life. 33. Mm, is it, was what? that right? Or 34? 33. He died at 33. Huh. That's so Dang young. Okay. That's when everyone died. I feel like that like was not 1900s. young for being, it being year oh, zero. Oh, definitely not at the time. Year yeah. 33, probably, year 33. actually. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You're right. This is what they're not telling I'm, us. I'm okay, godless. back to what they're not yeah. telling us. <laughs> yeah. The Jesus of it all is pretty weird. 
Yeah. What do you can't mean? Can't think too hard about the Jesus of it all. Well, he was just like a regular guy. I'm not. I'm not learning. I want to preface this by saying <laughs> I did not go to church. It's just like the Bible. Even you read it and you're like, he was just like who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a couple of guys. Just like a couple, That's couple of guys wrote it. Can you guys imagine Matthew, we, Mark, Luke, and John specifically wrote this. this. Yeah, did this podcast? No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> a couple of guys can have a podcast, and a couple of guys wrote the Bible. That's kind of the vibe. Right. The Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine if we sat down and like wrote our novel, and yeah. then like, uh, uh, however many years later, we're like, oh my god, everyone on earth. If the four <laughs> of us sat down and tried to write some stories and morals, some of them would be pretty good. Some some tr- kernels of truth in there, For as sure. the Bible is. A lot of horseshit, I'm sure. Yeah, I sent this to you, but at my call. College senior picnic. I'm quoted because they went around and said, "What advice do you have for future generations?" <laughs> and I was like, literally, I'm like, "Okay, Wait, so I'm Glenn and Doyle." Do you now. have it right off? Because I can read it. Yeah, no, you <laughs> send it to me. Um, read it in a, in my voice. <clears throat> in my voice. Don't be afraid to change your path. If it gets rocky, be true to yourself. Connor Janda. You said that, but in that's my head, amazing. I was like, "I'm an alcoholic." Here. Honestly, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great quote, though. That's a great. Piece I of remember I'm thinking. Get that tattooed. I remember yeah. thinking what I'm saying is about my addiction. And like, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> Wait, I love that everybody else is just giving a quote and you're like, I actually have something to say. <laughs> well, also, I've lived a life at this point, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I also think like the like the basis of any like quote is like some kind of, it's a little general. Yeah. And yours was respectfully a little general. It's like you're just going to be bumps in the road and that's just objectively true. Yeah. So, like everyone that's will a, resonate. No, I think that's beautiful. And yeah. I feel like the line reading is, I look around at everyone else and I was, I kind of shook my head and I was like, be true to yourself. <laughs> and I kind of was like, no. So many of you aren't. Cool. You did it with a cryptic <laughs> wink yes. that was like, eh, some of you aren't choosing correctly yet. These but people get are yeah. 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 Um, I found that when I Googled myself and I went through further than I ever had. On the pages. Six yeah. pages deep. And you're like, who yes, are these? I don't think there's hits for me beyond page one. No, your hits yeah. are. I Google you too. I Google all of us. I Google everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's me, and a, it's me and a, a, a felon. Um, and I've often thought about writing him. There's a Jeremy like Pinson the, Yeah, there's a Jeremy Pinson in, in prison, and I've thought about He's on, like, the prison uh, pen pal um, oh. site. And I'm kind of like, well, that would be kind of interesting. I don't know. We're learning <laughs> something about jail today. There's a pen pal site. There's Can you do an anonymous? Site. I mean, maybe that's fucked up of me to not want to give, but part of me no, is like, I don't know I, that I want to give my looked into address it. and information out necessarily to just anybody who's I, I think that, like, anybody, I think period. there's probably like a check on your address, right? Like, I think you, like th- maybe that goes through a middle group. Sure, medium, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about your name, though? Maybe like we're just so, we're just yeah. I just am very always aware of how accessible specifically we are with yeah. like being very public totally. and very and no protections just kind of around all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very like cautious of like where my, are my bodyguards? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> boys at home, if you want to be a bodyguard, write in. Um, <laughs> Connor's nervous. Up I can see. Well, I was eyes. thinking yesterday. <laughs> this is so dark. I sometimes I get really mad at the world. Okay, this is the part where I went. <laughs> mm-hmm. That woman literally got Money shot. Money wars. Money wars. <laughs> That woman literally got shot because she was hanging a pride flag outside of her store. Mm. The people that are, I have a friend that works at Fox News, like not a friend, someone I went to college with. Mm -hmm. And like that, then that woman that took my class who was like on Fox News screaming about trans women in sports. And then there's all these people that I think are like maybe good, but let things like that happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you are contributing. You might be fine as a person and you just like are privileged and like that these things don't affect you. You are contributing to the, the 10% of absolute insanity that then is going and killing this woman by not saying something. And it's like, and I know that it's like I'm speaking into a vacuum, but I'm from like hot girl city, Pennsylvania. (laughs) And it's like all these sorority girls and stuff. And I'm like, it's you. 
it's you you well, you have power in this yeah too. and i think too with like just messaging and and opinions being just thrown all over the place like you said nico we don't have protection from any of that necessarily and so like even the 10 percent that is like a minority bad actions or bad vibes towards certain groups like the people who have a tendency to resonate with that stuff have access to all that stuff yeah. so that silence and that inaction that ignorance is bliss mentality is like it, it, it's bad yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's i feel that too with like when i think about people i went to college with like obviously my friends i went to like are are up, I don't know by proximity to me I think at least have to be a little bit up to speed on, on like queer and trans stuff but like mm-hmm. just at large like you know wake like I had said earlier was is not a f- queer friendly place it's like not a gay place at all it's very very heteronormative and every and very white and very rich like that's just like everything bad in the world is like epitomized at the school yeah. like that and yeah like there's so many people who I felt like just never we're gonna engage with anything outside of their world and then you see them still they don't engage with anything outside their world and it's like yeah, you're not you're you're so much of the problem. Totally. And you think yeah. there's like, you know, even if you vote, you know, down the line like Democrat or whatever, like that's still that's not enough. Yeah. I it's funny because I feel like I almost had the opposite experience at GW. Yeah. But like it almost came all the way around because I always joke like at GW, half the people I know I was just there this weekend and it's really funny to talk to like my friends who are there and they're all like pursuing like international humanitarian law and they're like really going to go out in the world and like make these changes. And a lot ah. of them are like very, very like uh, kind of radicalized and like their worlds opened up because of like going to college in like this place. But like I was saying earlier, like the proximity to power, the other half of the people that go to GW, like <laughs> want to like fucking sell tanks. Yeah. Like it's really <laughs> crazy. And I was like in class with both groups of yeah, people. That's, selling out. that's divisive. You know, yeah, no, he was, doesn't want to sell tanks. <laughs> I don't want to sell. I, I would not be living in Bushwick if I wanted to sell tanks. I was We're like, cutting actually, that for your protection. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> that is a big part of this of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, protect me from rape. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's, just, it's funny because like <laughs> the word of the week is rapey. <laughs> yeah. Give it a Google. Actually, don't don't give them the ad. Yeah, traffic. don't give them the traffic. <laughs> um, but no, it's just funny because like sitting in class watching these people w- with these like generally conservative views, right? Like doing these mental gymnastics because they're in this space that has so many queer people, so many black and brown people, so many trans people, and still like doubling down. Yeah. And being like, my career is going to be predicated on like whatever will pay me. It's just like, it was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy thing to be around. Yeah. And a big reason why I did not stay there and like left. Yeah. Like, to move here. Um. All right. Should we start, we jump into some of our questions? What's the boys club you're, uh, you're not in? Loser, sorry. Oh my god, <laughs> a boys club that I'm not in. Different light reading every time from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm versatile. I feel dynamic. like actually pretty upset. <laughs> um, no, a boys club that I'm not in, and I've thought about this a lot because I'm in so many. Um, is okay. So Nico, you and I were talking earlier about biking. Yes, and I'm big, big biker. But a boys club I'm not in is DoorDash delivery bikers. Okay, those boys. Generally boys, some mm-hmm. some not boys. Every but time you see a woman, you're like, you're like hats off to you, sis. It. You're like, get it, yeah, girl. Get it. Get it. But they are wired so different. Like, yes. um, when your livelihood depends on zooming through Brooklyn traffic, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, I think it, your brain it must be doing It's giving Nighthawk. <laughs> it's giving Nighthawk people that are <laughs> the, It's like, there has to be an easier way. Yeah. It, yes. Not and to the, be anti. Everyone needs a job. And I'm like, but there are some that are so hard. Listen, yes. everybody needs a job. Everybody does not need to be riding a fucking motorcycle on the sidewalk. Though. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. And I admire them in a lot of respect. 
aspects. I worked at a restaurant for eight months, actually Casa Ora, like right across the street. Shout out some of the best Venezuelan food in the world. Okay, I gotta check that uh, out. But they would also like congregate outside, and I think it's more of a. a I a, love congregate. There's a community. Interesting. Yes, and there it's the boys is. club. Totally. Oh, and that's a boys club because they are going to. They're making frequent stops at the mm-hmm. same place. There's a finite number of them, right? So yeah. They know each other. There'd be banter. Like, for oh a second, yeah. When you said the same place, I was like the same clients. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, please, I am getting like I'm ordering. Um, I think it's called like Miracuya Sushi on Flushing and mm. I'm ordering that like once a damn week. Wait, not to be a whore. So DoorDash is Uber Eats. It's yes. Uber Eats. The yes. same thing. Uber it's Eats, one of the other Grubhub, many companies. I'm sure all those people. I'm wait, I'm using DoorDash because ha- I'm like on DoorDash like one or whatever. And I, wait, so DoorDash <laughs> is different <laughs> than Uber Eats. Like it's, it's the same it's service. The same, it's different. like it's like Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. It's the same thing. I feel like companies. I'm grandma here. I'm yeah, sorry. Wait, I'm <laughs> wait, we got this far into the conversation. <laughs> I've got them all on my phone. I've got them all on my phone. Um, I do too. But for what? Yeah, I'm um, sure that I'm sure the the drivers themselves they, probably work for every company. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think like they they go to you know they go to the same places. They're delivering to more or less the same stops. So like mm-hmm. while they're in transit, like I've seen guys on the street as I'm biking, like two dudes like chatting, and mm-hmm. you know like they're they're probably running into each other. Oh lot, yeah, which is kind of interesting. By me, there's a bunch of spots that people do a lot of frequent pickups. From. So there, yeah. there is like a hub of folks that like hang out by me, which is yeah. like, what you know, whatever. That's like where they hang, and so they are always chilling. But like, and I don't. I obviously uh, more power to them. They need to get their bag. I'm sure they have to do so many orders just to make a good living on that. So like, yeah. I'm sure it's really horrible. The only time I ever have beef with them is truly when they're on a busy sidewalk zooming on a fucking <laughs> yeah, motorcycle. It's <laughs> like you guys got to be on the street. Like this is a fucking power vehicle. Yes, it's totally. not like I don't even ride my bike on the sidewalk unless it's like uh, like urgent. Cannot af- like yeah, you know, whatever. Apparently, waiting. another interesting thing that's kind of a, maybe a symptom of that or like uh something that goes along with that is there's like these things called ghost kitchens in Brooklyn. I don't know if you like are familiar or know of, but it's these places that are open they're like eateries but you mm-hmm. can't dine inside and since covid i think a lot of these restaurants have used like covid as an excuse like not to have anyone inside and so they're truly just there for delivery orders and that's how the, place, the restaurants the restaurants yeah they have names i yeah like you'll see them on on Wait. these apps but like you try to go to them and like you can't sit down like you can't it's all they're all spitting out delivery wait stuff. there was it's a guy really i wonder that's interesting there, yeah so right? there's a new there's a i saw this like video there's a pizza place mm-hmm. fuck, called chrissy's pizza mm-hmm. and there was a um a video about it i saw recently on youtube and anyway this guy was basically he started during the pandemic making pizzas out of his home yeah. using his like oven in his kitchen mm-hmm. and in his apartment oh, and yeah. would just do like made to order like i don't know how many he would do like maybe a dozen or so a month or whatever his like or a week or whatever his thing was yeah and it got so big and so popular that he's opening a storefront like really close to oh, club coming. So whoa. we'll have to check it out after Boys Club. Shut yeah. Um, so but like for a while he was like just doing like delivery and like that was like making his yeah, living. Yeah. yeah. And so it is interesting. And like now having like worked in the restaurant industry, I'm not working in it anymore, but I worked you know there for about a year and like seeing like the symbiosis between like a new rest- locally owned restaurant in Brooklyn, a bunch of DoorDash delivery people. Yeah. Like the friction and like the stories to be told. Between yeah. These two groups. It was just very funny. It, they also, I'm sure like, you know, they're like, 
they're always like in the middle of a phone call. They've oh, got like, yeah. you know what I mean? They've got their whole set. I love the guys. That, I mean, they, they fucking deck those bikes out too. Oh, I mean, they yeah. have like the pizza oven thing or the pizza like holder thing. Yes. They've got their basket. They've got the oven mitts for when it's cold out. Like they are not fucking around. No. Which I really appreciate. It's like, what is this? this the mailman slogan? It's like through hail. Through like whatever it is. Night. <laughs> the mail delivers. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I respect the dedication to the cause. Yeah. How much extra money do you pay to order this to your house? What is the fee? So I, I, I'm really trying not to do it often. No, it's uh, okay. But I, so I have DoorDash, like what is it, DoorDash Pass or something, Dash Pass. Cool. So I get a lot of the things for free. I think it's like that's a place club you are a part of. Go on, and that's true. My old roommate works like for DoorDash. Nine dollars a month. Oh, that's like, probably gets great perks. She also was the number one player in the world at Candy Crush. Whoa, number one in the world. Let that sink in. I can't. Number that's one in. That. They were making new levels for her. They they made a TV somebody show hosted is contra- by Jane Lynch. Why did you bring this up before? Somebody is contracted at Candy Crush to make new levels for her. You know that they're trying to get into a new job and they just can't because oh she my, keeps how beating many the game. Hours? Wait, what is her daytime <laughs> job and is she rich? Yes, she works for DoorDash as like a, in their like somewhere up in their high up levels. Whoa. Yeah. And I don't know if she still like, does, but she used to. She's like not now. Was she kind? I'm crushing. Yeah, she was great. She's from Georgia. She went to Wake. Yeah, I have a lot like, of questions. Yeah. Anyway, but I so uh, uh, I know a lot about the ins and outs of DoorDash. Yeah, we no, would get, we would get free food sometimes. Yeah, 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 and so I feel like their perks are fine. I don't know. I I probably order my lunch like two to three times a week, but like it pays for itself. Like with what you save on fees. Yeah, this is uh, not to be a DoorDash delivery. <laughs> 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 anyway. Yeah, I like to do yeah. I like to do pickup on I like if to I have the local places because then you have to pay the fee. You just pay yeah, for the fee. and you walk, you get your steps in. Yeah, you, you walk. walk down, you get it. Yeah. yeah, we live in such a walkable place. It's like Do you have to tip. You tip. It's a tip oh, service. Yeah. Of course you oh, tip. Yeah. But yeah. you don't tip if you pick up. Um, you can tip the restaurant, I guess, but yeah. you don't tip the you don't tip Uber. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I I am a big proponent of tips. I think having been a tipped employee for like much absolutely. Of my I was recently life. talking to some friends from college, and they were asking like if anybody they like somebody randomly texted in our group chat like, do you guys tip Ubers? And people were like, only if it's really good. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, every time. I, you have to tip every... If there's a tip option, I usually go to 15 Always. to 20%. My yeah. dad tries to hand those boys cash. And I'm and like, like, that's no, we fascinating. Can, can they not do that? I, I was they can. I was just oh, thinking, I wonder if it'd be better to have... I try, Like, when I go to the... Ha- like, uh, get a haircut or something, mm-hmm. I try to, like, offer cash or Venmo if I can. Totally. Because I feel like that's better than doing... I have you to You never know what's happening with the tips. They report that on their income. Yeah. Well, they said the IRS is cracking down on Venmo tips. Fuck them. How would you Fuck even them. Them. That's not where the IRS needs to be. The IRS I know. Needs People to be who are getting nowhere. money and tips are not the problem. That is really They don't need to be insane. fucking taxed. Yeah, agree. Money fucking wars. Money, money wars. wars. Against money wars. Say money it. wars against the rich. Fucking, say like, it. start with the top. That's and then if really we have true. gotten all the way down to people making tip money, and yeah. we really fucking need that money for yeah. the government to function, then we can talk. But, but like, for the government to, like, for the government to, like, please, like, build bridges or, like, to give to a school or yeah, like or make parks bench. or something. Make, make another fucking tank. Yeah, right. Raytheon. Because they yeah. say that you're supposed to not say thank you in your tips. You're supposed to just like put an emoji. I always do a taco. Don't know why. And mm. that's the end of the story, actually. How mm. are they even like tracking? Like, I thought Venmo was like totally. I don't know. I don't know. I do all private it's hard payments. To, yeah, it's hard to tell I like what too. your intent is. Yeah. Unless you're like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually just put like snowflake, snowflake, snowflake. Yeah, like yeah. whatever emoji or something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, what are they going to like crack down on like roommates paying each other for like Con Ed Wi-Fi? Like that's what people use Venmo for. Right. What? Movie passes, et cetera. For sure. Anyway. But yeah, that 
on the topic of the boys club of the um the DoorDash drivers, yeah. I was the other night I was also realizing we were in a certain area of Bushwick that it like kind of clicked for me for some reason. That yeah, like especially like late at night when they're doing like they are fucking partying. Like they are on the street like having a party. Hell yeah. Like fucking like drinking, hanging out and whatever, and then they have to like run out and do an order yeah, and they come like, back. Like they are fucking having a good time. No, it, like it's definitely a very specific like lifestyle. And I mean I think it really is like the lifeblood of the city too. Yeah. Or like probably any like urban center where people are like constantly It seems like a ordering. new branch of like the taxi industry. Totally. Which probably is more social than taxi driving because like they can yeah. actually go hang out with yeah, each other. Yeah, so I'm always interested i'm kind of like oh this this feels like a community yeah like, and i that the thing that like i love about new york not to be like la da i love no, new but york it's the best. um but like you know you walk up the street and you pass worlds and worlds of which you are not a part of which yes. you will never be a part and like there's just so much like richness there that you see on like one square block and i think that's a beautiful thing yes and i think like that also is kind of makes you feel like okay there's like always stuff here that's much bigger than me like whatever i have going on up here or you know in my day-to-day like there's gonna be a gaggle of delivery drivers on the street yeah. with their own drama with their own politics with their own like s- struggles yeah and, like that's kind of a cool thing doing something i've like have not uh, yeah no knowledge about yeah exactly yeah. i i think often too like the like i think this is a great metaphor for just like the way that new york works and the way that you can like expand your horizons in new york i feel like being somebody who has driven a car, walked and biked in New York yes. and taken stuff like has really helped me because like especially on the on the roads because like now that I'm a, a biker, I'm always cognizant of checking the bike lane when I'm crossing the street as a as a pedestrian. Yeah. When I'm driving, I'm very cautious of the bikes. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like you're just very aware of everybody else if you've done any of those other modes of transportation because I can always tell when somebody like probably mostly walks cuz they're fucking stepping into the bike lane. Yes. Not looking. <laughs> I'm like somebody get a hold of the older people in the city are gonna get hit by a bike. Like for the sure. number of time I've had to swerve people because they just like step oh, in the bike yeah. lane not looking. For sure. I saw like the coolest dude I've ever seen on a bike was the other day and he had somehow outfitted his bike with a actual car horn. And oh, it was so that's loud. nice. But he was only beeping at cars who were like sitting in the bike lane. Yeah. And, like, he was using it for good. good and I was for like, him. this is like a beautiful thing as like a bike rights advocate. Like yes. I'd say a lot of the media I consume is like like the war on cars podcast and like a lot of like bike infrastructures, yes, like more mi- bikes, urban micro mobility stuff. And so this guy like using a car horn in that like subversive way. Yes. Like, yes. So urban like, bike micro mobility, <laughs> micro. What did you say? Micro mobility. I love that. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Wait, I, I need to about get, it a lot. I need to be getting on that Reddit. Yes. It's yeah. a really cool. Yeah. There's a micro mobility where there's r slash like Brooklyn or NYC bikes. <sighs> It's it's I awesome. Gotta get on that. We it, that's to, a boys' club, I guess. We need to get you on a bike. Yeah. It is too late. No, it's not. It's never too late. I calm. do think for that one, it's too late. I don't have the type of. Christ didn't save the world till th- thirty-three. You can ride a bike, okay? <laughs> and I have many years to to, to is save that the world the and ride a bike. To. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do. Here's the thing. I do think like when I see. Here's the thing. Everybody rides a bike. Like everybody rides a bike. Like I mean, the barrier for entry feels really low. It is. I don't know. My you dad. You should see the people city biking over the Williamsburg Bridge with the seat all the way down. down. Like anybody <laughs> yeah. can ride a bike. Well, I really have this like kind of romantic vision of me like being in Hyannisport, Massachusetts, where the Kennedys were married, and I'm just like kind of like riding a bike, and it has a basket, and I'm wearing like an open linen shirt with sandals. Does yeah. that make sense? That could be a reality for yeah, you. It for definitely sure. could. And yeah. you you were just talking earlier about wanting to like be out like off your phone off the headphones doing something that's like yes. biking 
for long distances you like present. you have to be paying attention you like i mean i do and i know this isn't really advisable but i do listen to music sometimes because I, mean, I mean it's fucking it's gorgeous yeah. to be on a bike listening to music agree, sometimes agree. but and you're listening to um like umbuwe <laughs> you know that you song? could listen to umbuwe like wait which song uh, I don't know where I was, but I somebody was talking on a podcast about um, 1989, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta get that album up and right now." It's the best album I've ever. Been. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite song? Well, I love New Mar- New Romantics, and sure. I love um, is New Year's Day on that one? No. Fuck. Um, but that's okay. I love. What's the other big one on that? Shake it off. No, no. I wish you would. Is the other big one? No. Shake it off to me is a little one. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Okay. I hate shake I, it off. I'm sorry. When I say big one, I need you to play the hits with me. I need you to not do the Connor Janda hits. I need you to do the real hits with me. What's the other big one on that one? Um, people really do like Bad Blood. No, it's not that one. People do really like Out of the Woods. What's the first song on people. that? Welcome to New York. Nah, second song. Um, Welcome to New York. And then, oh, Style is three. No, oh, fuck. What is the Number big fun two one on is... that? That's like, but it's kind of saucy, maybe. <laughs> Jeremy also feels how to get the girl clean. So unhelpful with this. Clean was good. I know places. Wonderland is queer. Wildest dreams. Sorry, of course, of course. I was thinking about wildest dreams. When she she does (laughs) see that album is that album hits. She's a hit machine. She's a hit machine. That, wait, you need to listen. I wish you would. I think it's the hottest song that's ever been written. Okay, it's so hot. And you know maybe just maybe I'll listen to some Taylor Swift on my bike home because yes. I, I I will me too. Admit, me and you both. I will admit I'm not like a Swifty, and you know this about yeah. Me. Like I'm not I, shut up. No, I, here's the thing. I think Swifties are losers. I'm not. I love Taylor Swift's art. Wait. I, I think, need to speak on this. Oh, I kind of have a, I have a take too. I want to hear yours first. Okay, okay. let's get into it. Everyone give your take. Taylor Swift this weekend was at Long Beach Island at Jack Antonoff's wedding along with Lana Del Rey, which is fine. And <laughs> Who did um, he marry? Margaret Q, I can't say her last name, Qualley, who's from a show that you maybe watched. Not um, Helena Not, Denham. They're done. They're donezo. Okay, continue. Although Freddie Chanel did one time show us an entire PowerPoint that, about the two's relationship. Um, <laughs> that they did not make. <laughs> that's <laughs> important. That's found. important to note. And Lord was mentioned a lot. And I think that's also um, important to note. Very yeah. important. Yes. She kind of changed the meaning of the song Greenlight. Lord, but who we briefly saw in concert, continue. Who looked great. <laughs> that's revisionist history from you. <laughs> um, she did look great. <laughs> she did totally look great. She just like didn't look like Phoebe Bridgers. It was like the confusing She was part. at the yeah. Muna concert. She played Phoebe's part in the oh, Muna yeah. concert. Played uh, her part. She like, sang I'm her hearing part. Phoebe. I'm not seeing Phoebe. Yeah, no, we were just really confused about what was happening. And we were like, oh my God, that's Lord. Yeah, when she came out and she was like, who's that blonde lady? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think but there were these people swarmed her in Taylor Long Beach actually. Island. Yes. I'm sorry. If you're that excited to just like watch the flesh of a singer you like walk by 40 yards away, what does that say about how, what you view your place in this world to be? Agree. You are the ultimate supporting character. I'll see Taylor on set. You know yeah. what I mean? Or yeah, I'll like, see her. Ah! Yo, and, I, and that's actually a perfect like segue into my take about her is that I think that she's a wonderful auteur filmmaker. And actually, I know she's directing a movie and I'm kind of stoked for Whoa. it. Do you mean her music videos? I love her music videos. I like, I, I'm With not Mike Birbiglia and John Early, Friends of the Pod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, yeah. And like, I, I, I'm not, admittedly, I'm not a Taylor Swift like fan of, like, I don't listen to her music very regularly, but okay. her music videos are like gorgeous. Like there's the there's one of her I forget what song it is sorry but it's like she's in a dollhouse and all the rooms are different colors and it's like some and of the Tahiro, best I think is that mm-hmm. it's some of the yeah, I just said mm-hmm, like I know but, I don't. <laughs> but she has some of the best damn color blocking like eye for like design 
plus music. And I'm like, this is like, I would watch a movie directed by her truly. Oh, I'm excited for that. It'll be interesting to see what yeah. she does. I mean, cause she's um, obviously an incredible storyteller with her totally. music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that they're, if your fans, if you are that big of a star, you're obviously going to have some wild people Deranged that follow fans, you yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I do think she really does like, she is one of the few artists who I think does like kind of span the political spectrum. I think music artists can do that more than mm-hmm. other types of artists generally sure, do. Yeah. But she really like so we're getting a wide breadth of people totally. who kind are of fans like, of hers. Um, have you guys ever listened to the podcast Dolly Parton's America? No, oh, yeah. highly. Is she? Oh, I have she, to listen to this. I'm obsessed with her. I, on like one episode, but Taylor Swift is no, not Taylor. <laughs> it's <laughs> we're talking Dolly. We're talking we're Dolly ta- Parton. We're switching gears. <laughs> we're talking uh, about a different Dolly. lady. Yeah, Catch different. up. <laughs> um, Dolly Parton's America is, but it's very similar. It's all about her place in American politics and how she appears to queer. Uh, excuse me, appeals to queer people, appeals to like conservative people, yeah. and how she's kind of like apolitical, but in this way that's like almost unifying. And I feel like Taylor Swift kind of plays a similar function. Yeah, and it's like it's it's really well done. I think he came out like a couple years ago, and it's about like basically uh, Dolly Parton's doctor's son like knows Dolly Parton because like you know she would see her his dad all the time, and so yeah, it's like her him talking to Dolly Parton and like talking about around the scholarship of Dolly Parton and like interesting. It's really really cool and how she's like a fixture of American culture, and I feel like Taylor Swift okay I'm, embodies a similar like, has a similar space. Absolutely gonna listen to that. Yeah. I know I love Dolly Parton. I feel like she's also like. She is like appealing to all sides, but I do feel like she she's very clear that she is a like left leaning for the people for progress. Yeah, yeah, like like I nine mean, to five is like the yeah. most anti capitalist absolutely thing. Which is not to have a, a hot take about Taylor, which I feel like is where they differ. Where I feel like yeah. unfortunately Taylor is like very like let's make make your money, girl. Like obviously, but like I think that there's a lot of like private jet usage that I'm not like for sure super crazy about. I also do think that like that's like such a thing about like old school country music was so yeah. anti-establishment, so anti-capitalist, so anti-boss, you know, like workers rights. Yeah. Kind like of the stuff. outlaw country. Yeah. Like so I think she and, kind of came yeah. out of that type of like Dolly Parton rose out of that kind of culture. And I think mm-hmm. that's always been a part of her. Whereas like Taylor Swift came to be in very much late stage capitalism where that kind of like girl boss, get your bag yes. was very much what she was like raised, raised in. in. Yeah, so I, I, I can see how that came to fruition with yeah, her, but that's a really good point. I do have increasingly, like a lot of respect for her like over as you know i mean i do i've said it so many times in the pod i think if she was a man she'd be have have a lot more respect than she does now yeah i think that's so. true and i i've had an interesting like journey like I, again i'm not like i don't listen to her music all the time but i've had to like when i was at your uh your birthday when we went dancing that was so that was fun. so fun and it was such a good time and i, I have like, a picture I, when i'm looking so adoringly at you oh. <laughs> i have to find that we'll put it on the carousel i am looking at jeremy like he is just god's <laughs> gift to the world because he is oh yes <laughs> oh, you're so sweet but it was such a fun time and like it was such a it was just great like just dancing around and like i'm like okay i have to like check a lot of like probably my own like internal like misogyny at the door at the end of the day because i think you're absolutely right like if this if this person were a man like making these moves maybe i'd be like oh like what a cool like i'm sure there's so many guys like male artists that i like don't even think about in that way and so i'm like maybe i should go do a deep dive on taylor anyway um should we do our next our next question what's a boys club you're in okay you guys i've been thinking about this one a lot too and uh, let me reiterate i'm in so many boys clubs uh uh no i uh (laughs) this is crazy you guys I'm a LinkedIn recruiter. 
What? What? <laughs> what is okay. that? Say more. <laughs> I'm coming out as a LinkedIn recruiter. Like my day job um, is in recruiting and I am like a girly that gives the girlies jobs. Wait, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, you I didn't know that. Have we not talked about what that? No. Of, I try not to talk. I try not to like talk about my day job because it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's not what I want to be doing. Yeah. It's not like how I, I don't treat I treat it like work. I don't treat I mean, it like it my, is. my yeah. career, you know. Um, yeah, so I <laughs> I recruit people, um, and it's kind of crazy. I, like, I'm the most anti-work, anti-capitalist, <laughs> like a job purveyor. <laughs> Have you seen game. Almost Famous with Kate Hudson? No, I haven't. Never mind, go on. What, what, what is it? Um, it the the reference wouldn't land. Okay, and I want people who have seen it to just wonder. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to know what it was. They'll make their own reference um, at home. Note yeah. to self, watch Almost Famous. Um, so yeah, I'm the one. I work predominantly in like, ugh, I'm working on the most boring fucking jobs ever, trying to fill like accountancy roles. Totally. And like real estate investing. They're kind of like landlord adjacent. Ugh. Um, I'm not working on behalf of the best people with love, but actually not with love. But I feel like you'd be good at this job because you're great at talking to people. And I feel like you get a sense for like what people are like totally. and you could really easily like nicely pair people. Totally. How much money do these jobs give? Um, a lot of them are like, um, like low six figures. I would say like 90 K to like 150 K. Can I qual? Yeah. I, like, let, let me get you like a little, how many um, hours would it have to be? Like probably at least a nine to five. Yeah, it's a nine I don't have that. <laughs> but yeah. I could like <laughs> we could find out. You know, I could be like this guy is like really good at what he does. Like if you need someone to really motivate, yeah, and you need someone to inspire and lead. Wait, I have a story. <laughs> this could one you go time. into personal training? You think? Um, I just when I see people with a personal trainer at the gym, I'm just like you're throwing your money to the wind and maybe that's actually what i should do <laughs> but what if they throw the I money to you, you yeah that's you true if like i was the wind you could whisper at them you wouldn't have to ruin you wouldn't have to like use your voice so much like, all right yeah maybe you should get uh, one of those vocal steamers that michael has i that would know help. i totally oh, yeah. need that i'd yeah. be like so what's your dad that's why i am such a like i i do worry about my voice a lot to be honest with you a lot a lot yeah that's why it sounds horrible right now. Voice. i don't think it sounds i don't think it sounds bad but if you're worried about it Okay, well, maybe let's huh. not sing anytime soon. But, uh, <laughs> but I used to be a singer. I used to I, be a singer. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm same. I'm like, it's. Too, I'm too far gone. My voice is foiked. I've never had a good voice. Part of me was like, maybe when my voice starts to drop, maybe I'll really hit the register. I just think I you haven't found the right genre. It's a gravel in there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll try jazz. <laughs> yeah. I think you should There's do a bah, beautiful bah. J- jazz singing career in front of you, Connor. <laughs> um, wait, but I cut you off. What were you saying? About- oh, I worked for this place called Swap.com one time, which was kind of like... <laughs> this is one of my favorite jobs you've ever had. Online consignment. Wait, can we put the videos on this on the thing <laughs> this week? Only if you want to. <laughs> no, we absolutely can. And we, I, sometimes I'd have to go to a warehouse and I would go into the bathroom and sing at the end of the day you're another day older <laughs> in the mirror. it was very bad vibes when i got laid off my boss tammy who had sunglasses on inside and also an anxiety disorder that she was medicated for which i'm proud of mm-hmm. but like it made me realize that i just had normal anxiety like not normal like unmedicatable anxiety she was like really anxious maybe mm-hmm. actually i'm anxious too anyway so right in but um <laughs> she, and i will i know you will <laughs> <laughs> you told me upstate you're like you run the gambit of ways to manage your own anxiety well no uh, my I wrote point, about it in my morning pages listen all i had to say was you are somebody who has spent a lot of time i think thinking about ways to manage your anxiety yeah. over yeah. the years you yeah. have you without, his physicality changed go on without uh, <laughs> without he's talking with his hands folks <laughs> you even said earlier today you never even did aa and you fully went sober on your own like you did this all by yourself and i think that's oh fucking commendable no, it's beautiful my point being you have done the work to do all that you can Wait to clip that out go on you've done the work to do all that you can and to think of the ways and i think maybe at this point it's like what's one other 
attempt at trying something else, maybe a medication or something. You know, that's just I like, know. it's, it's like tool. one of the things you haven't it's tried. Yeah. I think substances in general scare me, but that's not fair. And I think if you're on medication, that's incredible. In general, totally, I, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. Me out I, I hear that for way sure. In that, like, I feel like I have, like, have, I have an anxious streak, as I think a lot of us do. Yeah, but I, I've never been medicated. I've been in therapy for a long time, um, and yeah. I feel like I, I, I really have mastered like getting myself to a place of like physical comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you talk, hearing you talk about the artist way, um, that's are you doing that? Do we talk about it? We, I'm kind of doing it. I'm, I'm waiting until this like next week of like creative stuff is over until I like really dive in but I have I downloaded a free PDF on my computer if you want it oh really yeah do you oh I, I bought it with my dad's Amazon oh. <laughs> 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 well I'll send you the podcast in case you Sorry, want to like, have it on Jan. the go <laughs> there's a podcast or not podcast um, a PDF <laughs> I would love that we could put it we could read it we could, we could make it a podcast it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that would be amazing <laughs> I haven't done any of those writing prompts I just read the book and then I, I write my morning pages I do sometimes. my morning pages every almost every morning okay I'm vibing like a five that's days great. Five days a week is great. Yeah, it's like three three pages in the yes. morning. I'm I trying think, to get better at it. I think if Jeremy, I think that's perfect. Like, I think yeah. if you can do like even fifty percent of the year, that's yeah, excellent. right. Just any sort I of consistency love, with it. Love journaling, and yeah. I think like and like going back to like things that make me physically comfortable and like get me out of my body mm-hmm. and get me out of like my like whatever frenetic things are going on, like putting pen to paper has always been such a, like a respite for me. Me too. I said yeah. this to you. Sometimes it, sometimes it feels like morning pages are nothing. Mm-hmm. And then there, but there are those days that make it worth it where you're like, I actually think I just untied a knot that has been in my yes. brain. Yeah. Yes. Truly. And by like legitimizing this thing on the page, it, I don't know. Like you just have to keep going and keep talking about it and keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think there are times where an issue or a weird feeling that you have can just kind of like rattle around mm-hmm. all day, like totally. a moth to a flame. Well, yeah. And also like I find that when I sit down to write and I'm like in making mode, like I put a lot of pressure on myself to like write stuff or make stuff that like is profound or meaningful mm-hmm. or quote unquote good or artistically viable. And so like this, the morning pages kind of like release you from that where you're like, I woke up and I have to like I'm really hungry. I need to take a big <laughs> shit, and you're just yeah. writing down like whatever the hell like comes literally in, anything pops in, and then like it kind of like it's actually almost like a clearinghouse for like the rest absolutely. of that. Absolutely, yeah. I feel the same way. It's like yeah. it is just like this can be just absolute shit. Nothing. Nobody will ever read this. Like, and it's nice too. I find like it 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 reminds you. You know, like you were saying, some days it's just absolutely nothing. Like, just I mm-hmm. I have to take shit. I have to do this. I have to do that. Other days you're like going back through a traumatic experience and you're like oh my god like i am realizing what that was for me now or yes. why i still think about this or whatever and it's like also helpful for creativeness because it's like there are days where you can just sit against the wall and punch and punch and punch and nothing goes through and then mm-hmm. there's days you punch the wall and it fully breaks open and you're like oh my god I, I figured it out and so like yeah it's like a nice way to like remind yourself that like made maybe many days you're not gonna have anything worthwhile to say but yeah. like every once in a while there will be a breakthrough and it's just the consistency that matters yeah and it doesn't mean like yeah not every day needs to have like something worthwhile because every day is worthwhile yeah. as well and like Absolutely. making those little moments of rest like like we were talking right before we started recording about like showering and they talk about that in the artist way and like those places that you can like sit in like l- like let your mind lull and kind of rest um, and I, that's why I'm like really loving, I do love my job at the end of the day because like I'm a contractor, I can like set my own hours, which is like lovely. That I'm is nice. trying to keep like, I need to figure out the insurance of it all, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but, careful. Yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> um, but it's funny because like I, I'm a big napper and I have always nap probably for the last like 10 plus years. Like I've nap almost every day for like, how many hours, 15, 20 minutes, like max. 
I'm like, I'm the same way. I like, I like literally turn my brain off and turn it on. And um, I feel like that's another time where like it feels very generative. It feels like uh, almost like resisting like the expectations of me of like to create or to work. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite um, authors is Trisha Hersey. Um, and she kind of blew up during COVID. Uh, she founded this thing called the nap ministry and mm-hmm. it's all, she wrote this book called rest is resistance and it really pairs well with, I heard about that. It's amazing. It's like laying down and saying no and acknowledging your capacity for work, like to resist like capitalist structures yeah. and self expectations, expectations of your community and just being like, no, like for this time, it's my <sighs> sacred time. Like I'm building that in for me is like such has been such a blessing. Yeah. And something I think that I was, I did as a kid that I didn't even know what, why or like what led to that. But like, I, I love it. I love yeah. adopting that into my adult life. I've been trying to be better about, that like productivity and like self-worth tied to productivity and tried to tied to effort and tied to like that kind of stuff has been something I've been really trying to untangle for myself because it's not sustainable and I can you I can really get myself into a place where I'm just like I don't feel worthwhile unless I'm working and that's like not a healthy place to be especially when like your life is your work and like your and creativity like we all know like you can work and work like we were just saying you can work work, work, to no avail sometimes and like you can't be tying your productivity and your generative, like, creative stuff to, like, yourself. You'll just... You'll fizzle out. Yeah, it's you'll like, like, you'll burn out. It's bad. Yeah. And so I'm trying to be better about making time for rest and for reading and doing things leisure. for pleasure. Yeah, and like, yeah. Pleasure, yeah. Especially when you, like, for all of us, when we have shows at night and stuff like that, sometimes I find that when I have a show at night, it's, like, it's, it's a work day all the way up until that show is done. And yeah. so it's, like it's not until like maybe 11 PM that I feel like, I, and then it's like, well, not, no, there's oh, an hour left yeah. of the day oh and I'm God, tired. Yeah. And like, so I'm trying to find better ways to like incorporate that in the daytime too. And like, yeah. be like, okay, I can take a nap or I can, you know, read for an hour if I want to, or fucking watch TV or do whatever I want. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing. It's hard though. It's hard it to is. rest. Yes. You're staring at me intently. You. What do you think? <laughs> no, I think that's, a. I don't know if this is how your anxiety manifests for me. A lot of times, and this is like where I, I'm glad I'm not doing cardio this. I'm doing no cardio August. Just, I say it like it's man shave November or whatever. And it's like <laughs> man not shave a, November. <laughs> I love that. As if it's a it's already been invented. Um, my anxiety is um, it's like a catastrophic thing a lot of the mm-hmm. times where it's like if I don't go to this, if I don't write this right now, this is the difference between all of my mm-hmm. things coming to fruition and none of them. Mm-hmm. If I don't work this shift, it's the difference between being. It, it, it absolutely wealthy and having no money at all. Like it always yeah. is this or that. It's never yes. just like the reality that like things aren't that important and with a workout. It's like, this is the difference between having the, the perfect body that I'll never actually have because I always want more or having like this thing that I'm not happy with. Yeah. And I, I think about that a lot too. That's such a, an astute point because like, I think I've been thinking a lot about like dualities lately and like how two opposing things can like exist at the same time and so it's like not feast or famine it's not like Mm -hmm. i'm making beautiful like pristine art or like absolute dog shit garbage it's like i can be I can be tired and energized at the same time. Yeah. I can be, I think a, a kind of combo I was exploring the other day was like being really frustrated with a, f- a friend, but also having like a lot of empathy for a friend and like yeah. not letting either of those things win out. Cause I feel like if the frustration wins out, you're like popping off and like being a, a dick. And if yeah. the empathy wins out, like you're not advocating for yourself. You're not like, yeah. you know, expressing things. So it's like, Oh, like things can exist. Uh, in That's the, really in interesting. Them. And that speaks intensely to me because I think I am constantly walking this line. Yeah. Between feeling like I'm not, um, st- 
I'm not great with conflict and being mm. like, oh, I'm not like, st- I'm de- un- I'm invalidating my own feelings. Yeah. That's why same. I think that. I think sometimes dating is really hard because I don't know what's me being crazy. I don't trust my brain. Mm. And like, what's me being crazy? It's like that um, Phoebe Bridger song with the national. It's like, your brain is not your friend. And like, sometimes it's not. Like, sometimes it's very chaotic and it's very yeah. anxious. And it's like, what's true and what's not? And how do you differentiate truth from not truth without invalidating what your feelings are? Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel, wait, this is like really all going back to the morning pages stuff. Like, I, I really do feel like it's such a good practice for anybody but like especially with creative people like we were saying like you i really resonate with that too like sometimes like it is like me if i don't do this today i'm i'm, I'm never gonna do it again i'm gonna be a fuck up i'm never gonna be who i want to be like i've I always been that way like when i was training for soccer as a kid it's like mm-hmm. if i don't do this today i'm never gonna play in college i'm never gonna do this i'm never gonna do that and it's like that kind of pressure is just like it's never gonna get you anywhere first of all no. it's only gonna f- burn you out but also like what i was saying about the morning pages like doing five days a week that's fucking awesome like that's that's and doing it consistently and doing it for like like i've done it now for like we're about to be three years and i don't do it i don't do it seven days a week sometimes like weekends i often forget and like i've gone like if i go on vacation sometimes it's like i go a week when i haven't done it or i'll do it like here's like one check-in from my vacation which is like whatever i I think that works for me just fine i don't Mm -hmm. feel like pressure to do it more and that's something i really like have been feeling very like i don't know it, it makes me feel good to think about it that way where it's like yeah, if I'm doing this most days, it will event. It'll be okay. Like yes. it will get me where I need to go. Well, and just the fact that like we are so like early in our like creative yeah. development. Yeah, like, I think we tend to forget about that. And I think like as creatives, like we have this tendency to like put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Obviously, and, like, yeah. I think it's very like self. It's it's. I mean. Like I, I, growing up, like my parents were never like I was lucky in that they weren't like putting a lot of like pressure, like do this, do this, and I yeah. was always like my own worst critic. Same. I've always been. Yeah. And I think like that we a lot of us like in our you know group of friends and, and community like share that right mm-hmm. that like internal pressure, and so I think when you can like find a place to like truly release that pressure, whether it be from a morning pages or like a walk or a workout or yeah. whatever, like it's it fuels you in more ways than one. Like it helps you be more human and it helps you like create and like, I don't know. It's like truly a pressure release. I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It, I, it's, um, what was I going to say? Um, Oh, something I forget who's, I think maybe Mike Birbiglia was talking about this on mm. his podcast, another friend of the pod <laughs> shout out. Um, he was talking about how, like when you're first starting out, or maybe it wasn't him. Somebody was talking about when you're first starting out in like comedy or creative work, um, you at that point probably have like taste and things you like and like things you want to make and you know what you want it to be, but you're not good enough yet to be there. Ira Glass. Ira Glass. Two microbiggly. Two microbiggly. Yeah. So it's like it's uh, it's it, wait, that's wait, so we're apt. really in a boys club over here. We are in a boys club. This <laughs> is a, a this is a, yeah. but like Uh-oh. like I think that goes for a lot of people even in any career. Like I yeah. think you know where you want to be or you know what like job you want to have eventually. Yeah. But especially like for creative work, like you know the type of work you see yes. yourself doing someday but you're yes. not quite there yet so you have so to frustrating. you have to accept making a less good version of the work that you respect until one day ideally you and then the way that they present it honestly is how we talk about comedy sometimes which is like it's kind of a staying game to be honest yeah like yeah. you just hang around long Don't enough fucking give up you just keep going. well that's what's kind of weird about like um like reels and stuff like that like the way that we put out like our our content on social media now. the way that i used to but not anymore <laughs> well, okay well the way that <laughs> <laughs> yes and honestly like a radical i would love for everybody to be able to get off of it but I mean, whatever. There's good. You'll see me there's, there later there's today. good and bad. There's good <laughs> and bad. Down. 
Wait, we, we do have new Boys Club Reels coming out. Yes. Not video content, audio only Wait, with some okay. photos. <laughs> We're literally like inventing a genre. Well, I think people maybe have done that before, but I think it's, it's like, going to be good for us. It's like an audio zine. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll, we'll show you an example after. Oh, yes. after. But so the, um, anyway, um, about real. Oh, it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes when people, I, I it it's very discouraging for me, like the whole like uh, online, like everything, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll see like, a joke in somebody's like uh you know a famous comedian's like comedy central you know something from earlier in their career that's like on youtube mm-hmm. and i'll recognize the joke and then i'll see it because i've seen it in their special and it's so cool to see how much it's evolved and like obviously like clearly like they continue to use that joke and it does it's not gone to the ether but like right. there is something about putting stuff out there that is like this is now something i feel finished about mm. and i just am like oh it's such a like it's such an evolving thing. Like I have old jokes that I'm now finally finding like, I f- Oh, I finally know how to make this actually per like not perfect, but better. Mm-hmm. And it's been like two years. It's like, imagine what that's going to look like in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. There's just something about this like churn and burn economy that is just like really disheartening to that creative process of allowing yourself to grow as an artist and get better and yeah. be comfortable with being bad and like, not feeling like you have to put your, kind of new shit so on display for yeah, anybody yeah. to see and anybody to comment oh, that's on. That's a really like, good point. Yeah. I think it's, oh no. <laughs> I think it's like, um, the voice is back, uh-oh. baby. <laughs> There's Sing something it. about reels and I think, I think Brooklyn comedy maybe in general and I would compare this, I didn't feel this in Chicago. Brooklyn comedy feels more like there's this sudden, this perception of a ticking time bomb yes. that we have to get really big really fast yeah, I don't have another plan. So like, I'll <laughs> either be a successful, working, joyous comedian, or I'll kind of just die. And like, either way, <laughs> I will die. And so it's like, once I think we accept that, it's yeah. like this isn't a time bomb. You're just kind of always going to be here. painting, yeah. but not literally like metaphorically, like brushing strokes, coloring little things, adding like jokes, like yeah, shading them yeah. on. And like, it doesn't need to be this like, <laughs> like yeah, all like the time. Well, I think also like the COVID and like watching Mm -hmm. a lot of people that we know or have one degree of separation from like blow up really big too, you know, and like, like, Oh, this meteoric rise via social media really can happen. Like, why not me? Like, and now everyone's like, I want to make content about everything. Yeah. It's like, I think that, on one side of things is like really beautiful and like treating like a TikTok or a reels like a canvas for your work is like so cool and like seeing people's work yeah. out in the wild is amazing. Absolutely. But then like I love like when a non-comic like DMs me someone who they think is funny. I'm like, yeah, I fucking know them. Like, yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. sick, you know? But then also like I think on the it can be a double-edged sword where it's like I feel the need to like play into this attention economy. I need to like mm-hmm. feel like I'm constantly doing stuff and like I'm, I'm in a weird spot where like I don't really do much stand-up and so I'm doing like character stuff and like more like long form like directing yeah. stuff and so like I'm kind of trying to navigate like oh where do I fit in yeah. this social media I've never really felt like I 100% like fit in on like online like yeah. it sounds like kind of insult weird vibes but I'm like I don't know where like my <laughs> where like my medium like shines totally. you know what I mean and so I'm kind of like hmm like let's slay let's I love the way you said that I think that's yeah. so true in comedy it's like everyone shines in a different place right mm-hmm. and it's like I think Alison O'Connor, I've referenced this now multiple times, said in New York, you like people really lean into what makes them hot. I also think in comedy, it's kind of like lean into the thing that you're, that sh- I said to Maddie yesterday, I was like, should we do characters? And it's like, no, I don't <laughs> think we would be good at those. But like, that's not like everyone. I'm is sure Maddie different- said, absolutely <laughs> not. She didn't even want to do improv with us on the subway platform. <laughs> I know I said about that because I was you're like. You're doing subway improv? We were, I don't know why we Uh-oh. decided like. Randomly, I was ready we to do solo improv. Just prom. high on being out in Midtown in the middle yeah. of the day and just being like, 
Twitter Woo-hoo. huge. That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. But I, I feel like in New York, everyone finds, like, it, that's what it, comedy a lot of times feels like. It's like, we'll find the format that you excel at. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that, like, uh, the idea of the, there, we, we have glorified in media this idea of, like, the child star, the meteoric rise, like, the young talent, yes. like, being, like, r- fresh off, ready, like, no work needed, kind of just ready to roll, which I think is kind of a, I think that's such a toxic ideal yeah. because obviously that's very rare that anybody would be like, you know, just kind of like a protege, like in that way. But also like, I think a lot more people want the meteoric rise and then are ready for it. You know, like myself and I'll include myself in that. Like, I think that there's like this notion of like, Oh, I would love to get, an opportunity tomorrow and it's oh, like yeah. to what degree am I actually ready for an opportunity tomorrow you know what I mean like if somebody called me up to have XYZ job like there's a good chance I'm maybe not fully and I, it's kind of I I think it's I think people underestimate the value of having the time to work in kind of silence and to yeah, work in without a yeah. lot of spotlight on you really, yeah. and low stakes and like learn and like be able to get better. So then when you do get the opportunity, you are actually ready. Yeah. And I also think like you're ready for That's an opportunity when it comes and when you say yes. Yeah. And when you can say yes with like a conviction yeah. that I know you would do that. I know like any, like I feel like a lot of our friends, like I feel like we're all kind of in that point where it's like, okay, like, <laughs> This is cool. Like, yeah. We, I don't know. I feel like we're doing our time in yeah. a really beautiful way. But I think you're totally right where it's like having space to create without like a lot of like. Yeah. The way you portion. worded that, my brain was like, will I do your, will I write for your show? I choose to be Princess <laughs> yeah. Amelia uh, uh, Mia. That's wrong. Yeah. In Princess Diaries, it's like, I yes. choose to be. Yeah. That's so Neil Brennan on the Mike Birbiglia podcast, which we are stu- apparently we, in conversation with. We freaking yeah. worked on a lot. I think that's we're, all you need to know about us that we're freaking students. We're like out here listening to podcasts. So, but Neil Brennan is like, I could have been fine at do like good at doing an hour of stand up mm-hmm. but i was like i think i excel at this solo show i could be like one of the best at this thing and it's mm-hmm. like making that shift and it's like wait this is the thing that i could be supreme at whereas yeah. like the hour of the stand up i was like that was going to be fine and it's like i think that everyone has a version of that yeah. yeah yeah i'm finding well i mean you're developing an hour like how do you feel about that like um, i mean it's been it's been such a fun thing to watch oh my god did you go to my hour First one. Yeah, Wait, thanks. So sweet. It's been really interesting. It's like a lot of time. It's a lot of figuring out like what, like someone, Rachel Hurwitz said this thing to me that I thought was really, I hate the earnest parts. I don't like it. It doesn't feel natural. Sure. And maybe I should keep it. Maybe I should find ways of humor to push it in. Yeah. And I'm like, did I just see, to Ira Glass's point, did I see someone else do that? And now I'm trying to replicate that mm-hmm. part. And mm-hmm. she was like, you don't have to do that. Why well, you don't have to do those parts? If you don't like them, don't yeah. do them. Yeah. So things like that of like, fig- I think like starting with a model that is like kind of replicating something else and then mm. like twisting it to be this thing that I love and feels like me yeah. is kind of fun and interesting also i think people misunderstand how vulnerable it is to be earnest on stage it is especially after doing a lot of jokes to then take a minute take a second to be like actually you know some of this was really hard for me because that's kind of the opposite of what we do up there we're like this is who especially like people who do autobiographical material like you and i do it's like we're doing a lot of you know sensitive subjects you know i mean you know whatever but like we're talking about it in a very light very funny way and it's like yeah like there there's a lot of dramatic thing i could say about this too and as could you and like it does always feel like 
Ah, oh, fuck. I don't want to be raw up here. I don't want people to know yeah. how I actually feel. The whole reason I do this exact medium is to not actually tell people how I really feel <laughs> yeah. about this stuff. So to break that for a second always feels like kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I am always very like touched by both of your storytelling. Oh, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, yeah. And I've all, I always, I, I, I think I gravitate towards more towards that like autobiographical <laughs> what if he said I gravitate more towards you? <laughs> no, I gra- yeah, and I always gravitate a little bit more towards <laughs> Jeremy's um, here to makeup. be divisive yeah. today, okay? <laughs> I'm actually here to so divisive. It's the end of the Boys Club yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> Jeremy Pinson, last guest. Yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Division, no. Um, if I'm not gonna be the first guest, I'm gonna be the last one. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing y'all down. With you. Um, no, but like I've always, I've always gravitated more towards like the storytelling, and and I think that's just because like I don't know, deep down, like I'm a theater kid. Uh oh, I like I like those stories, and like I think I've had an interesting journey thus far in like comedy, where it's like, well, I came here, I joined Kiss Club, yeah, which was like a big sketch collective, and I love sketch, and I love being part of a team and part of a community, and like having things like lined up for me where I'm like okay I can learn my lines I can show up I can do this yeah and so I spent the first like year year and a half here doing that and now Kiss Club is over and everyone's you know doing their thing that they want to focus on and I'm like fuck like I'm having to make my own path for the kind of the first time yeah even though I've been here I've like made my friends I feel like I have like a good community I'm like oh shit like what what is my path as an individual creator and what yeah. does that look like? And I've always gravitated way more towards the characters because I'm like, fuck me. Like, why would I want to perform as myself? Like I perform <laughs> as myself every day. Like, oh, like so yeah. I, would, I would way rather be, you know, fucking guy who biked here Yeah, where that, like it's very me. It's very, you know, that, that's a character I've been playing with a lot. And it's like, that, that definitely has a lot of nuggets of like my humor and like my, my viewpoint. Yeah. But I can like, put that psychological distance between myself and the character where it's like, okay, if someone doesn't laugh at guy who biked here, they weren't, you know, not laughing at me. So I just think, yeah, you know, all, like all, all my stand- wonderful stand up friends. Also, I think I was stand up pilled when I got here. <laughs> I was like, stand up is the only way, you know? And like, when it, you moved here though, maybe it was because when you moved here, it was like true. cove. Totally. Yeah. No, that's really good. Point. It really yeah, was, it was the only thing that was available for totally a while. Was, so I think yeah. it did kind of dictate, like in the reformation of whatever the Brooklyn comedy scene is yeah, post COVID, I think stand up totally. is kind of the the default the base, yeah, or something. And I think, thankfully, I'm glad for like po- folks that do other stuff that it's improv is coming, you know, kind of fully back. You know, there's we were lots doing of it at Union Square back. yesterday. Yeah. It's back, baby. It's, it's back, back, baby. And so it's like, back and yeah. it's in public. It's back. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's on the subway it's platform, and Maddie is not participating. <laughs> I mean, the, the subway platform is literally where we did open mics during coronavirus at the 86th Street Q subway yeah that was horrible what a horrible time but I want to know speaking of whatever I want to (laughs) know what's a boys club that you want to see in the world okay so I was talking about this and this actually harkens back to like prior bits of our conversation perfect Um, we're gonna bring it all around um I I want more benches in this city so bad I want to like sit down and hang out and so yeah, I want like Bench Builders of America, the BBA, or uh, Sam wanted <laughs> me to plug this society that he and a friend in high school were talking about. I okay. guess he and I have had a similar view on benches. Um, it's called Mob Makers of Bench. <laughs> and you join Mob and you're making benches for your for your fellow city dwellers' leisure. That's kind of beautiful. It's like you're right. planting a tree. Maybe do a bench. Yeah, do a freaking bench. Do and a bench I'm like, under make, the tree. Right? And I'm like, why are we walking around in this concrete jungle and there's no place to fucking like sit? Yeah. I want to like rest my weary legs. And I think about the subway platform a lot, actually. Yeah. And I'm like, hundreds 
dare I say thousands of people take the subway every day. For sure. Why are there two fucking ugly ass benches from yeah. like the eighties there? Like there's enough room for like nine people to sit. Those mm-hmm. wood ones, they never get clean. And they're no, never clean. They're giving like old library furniture. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do and I sit on them? Cute. Yeah, I do. They were there the before homes. the subway platform, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, think yeah. I think they were there they and were they built, built the subways around, around them. Yeah. yeah. No, it's and they're like, just dark enough that you're like, what's on there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, this is they this feel is, eternally <laughs> sticky to oh, me, yeah. for sure. Horrible. I feel unfortunately, I think a lot of the bench politics around here and anti bench is probably an anti homeless definitely stuff, definitely. which sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, even so, I mean, I think that anti-homeless architecture is very pervasive in the city and it's For fucked sure. up and should be changed across the board. And I also think there could just be more benches in general. Yeah. Not to say like make more anti-homeless benches. That's obviously not <laughs> not what I'm trying to say, but like there needs to be a place for us to fucking sit. Like yeah. it's, you know, and like it's, there's so much concrete and like, I know y'all's knees are aching a yeah. little bit here and there. You know, we're getting older and I can only like people who've lived in their whole lives in this city. Like I, it's so admire. Yeah. You know, we're like, like, I've seen their knees. Brittle. Oh my God. Get them a bench. Yeah. But going back to like our, our fellas at the, uh, you know, hanging out uh, with the, the DoorDash guys. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I was just actually just the other day we were walking around where we went to the bush on uh, Friday night. Yeah. And um, so I was in that like area of Bushwick and, there was like tons of people are doing like kind of like street hang parties and stuff yeah. like that. Um, because obviously like going to bars can be really expensive, cost prohibitive. And right. like, you know, for a number of reasons, not always like the place people want to be. So it's like, yeah, we need more out. And like, sometimes I'll see people doing like their little block parties and stuff. They'll bring their own furniture outside. Yeah. Like, but yeah, wouldn't it be nice if there was just some benches out more here? More like people... third places, yeah. like more yeah leisure space. And like, Absolutely. even like, yeah, near my boyfriend's place in Clinton Hill, like, there's like this place that used to be a playground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend. boyfriend. Hey, yo, <laughs> that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Casual boyfriend mention. Yeah. Um, no, but there was this, there's this circle by his place that I guess used to be a, uh, a uh, playground for kids. I guess not. There's no playgrounds for it. <laughs> uh, I wish there were. I the also whole wish world there were. is, baby. It's a whole big playground. <laughs> but like there was a place that used to be a playground and I guess maybe a kid like fell and got hurt or something and they removed the playground and now there's this gigantic we didn't like that. asphalt <laughs> circle. Can you? It's a huge asphalt circle with like benches lining the perimeter. I swear this circle is probably like 50 feet across. It's huge. And I'm like... What? Yeah, like why don't we do something Fill with that? Fill that thing yeah. with benches. Okay. Put a hundred benches. Yeah. <laughs> it's seating out there. Someone else on a different podcast said that they were trying to reclaim nighttime as a time of productivity. Okay. So, because yeah. like we have coffee shops. If you want to go work somewhere during the day, like yeah. there are coffee shops, I guess, and like things like that. But it truly is like, what about at 8 p.m.? If you're like, no, I really want to work on this. Totally. And sometimes it's hard to just work on things in your house. Yeah. Live in these little New York apartments. Yeah. And like it, the, there aren't just like places to go sit. Really, yeah, I I feel that. I I would say like my my witching hour, like my most productive time, is between eleven p.m. and one a.m. I'm like I'm crazy. Like at that, 11, I admire that. Yeah, it's I don't know. I've always been that way. Like at eleven p.m. I'm like, like yeah. <laughs> I'm like okay, it's time to sit down and like write. I don't know. It's very it's crazy. So I'm like I would love a space. That's like Taylor Swift writing midnights in the middle of the night. Exactly. I'm just <laughs> like her. Every song was written supposedly in the middle of the night. Wow. Oh, and I, I believe it. I yeah. <laughs> and you can feel it on the tracks. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the pod. Oh, thank um, you guys. For do you want to plug your socials or anything? Coming yeah, up? sure, sure. I'm at jer.pinson on Instagram. Yes. Not Piven. I made a same mistake. Often confused with Jeremy Piven. <laughs> um, I don't know what he's up to, but we need to collab. Yeah. But, um, I'm at Wise Words with JP on 
X. <laughs> on fucking Twitter. If anybody's still on X. Name it. Yeah. yeah, I actually think I'm going to fucking delete that. Uh, um, and then, yeah, I'm uh, I'm directing a short film called The Art of Being Alone Together. Um, it's that. a passion project of mine. I wrote it over COVID. Uh, it's about, it's a will they It's your folklore. It's, it's my folklore. Uh, it's my memoir. Yeah. Um, uh, it's about, a, it's a queer, queer will they won't they that takes place in a gallery space. Cool. Um, I think there's nothing more interesting than like, being in a gallery space with like one other hot person looking at the art yes. of the person like how juicy and fun this is getting back to our New Orleans thing it is of when there's somebody fuckable in the room the dis- the dynamic just yes, changes yes it yeah. totally does yeah. um, and, um, today I want to change as many dynamics as possible <laughs> yes. be that fuckable person yeah, yeah. Go out boys at home be the fuckable that. person in the room for somebody else okay that's yes. what we're our challenge to you all yeah. um, so I'm awesome. so stoked Dash um, Glennon Doyle <laughs> <laughs> Renee Brown says be the fuckable person you want to see <laughs> yeah. in the world <laughs> Uh, um, all yeah, right, on that one with a smooch. One, two, three. What's up, boys at home? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on Instagram? At Connor Janda, C O N O R. Janda is panda with a J. And you can follow me at Nico Carney, N I C O C A R N E Y. You can follow us both at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. Uh, and we have a live show. Our live show is at Club Coming, typically on the last Friday of the month. And it is always the two of us and some of our favorite funny people. And we'd love to see you there. Yeah, often people from the podcast. So come check those out. Uh, if you live in New York, we'd love to see you there. Bye, boys. Bye, boys. Bye, boys.